Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. O-G. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. The talk of the town has been the struggling Giants and what to do with Eli Manning. But as far as I'm concerned, a lot of that talk is nothing but hypocritical bullshit. That's right, bullshit. We'll talk about that, plus a very unhappy ending for the New York Yankees. And more. So like I said, stay right where you are and listen up, because you're really going to want to Get a load of this. All right. Let me make this perfectly clear, folks, right off the bat. Okay? So there's no if, ends, or buts. So you know where I'm coming from. I have no problem, zero, no problem whatsoever with the current criticism of Eli Manning. All right? None. Well, maybe I shouldn't say none, but it's how it's, how it's delivered. You know, uh, as uh, former Giants head coach Bill Parcells always liked to say to us, you are what your record says you are. And right now, the struggling Giants are an abysmal 1-5. And, and a bad-looking 1-5 at that, especially off their last game. They occupy last place in the NFC East. You know, it's been ugly. It's been very, very ugly. And Eli Manning is the quarterback. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about this. The quarterback gets the praise. The quarterback gets the heat. The NFL, not just the NFL, all pro sports for that matter, folks, You know what kind of businesses they are. They are what-have-you-done-for-me-lately businesses. And certainly Eli and the Giants haven't done much. Certainly not lately. I get it. But more important than me getting it, Eli Manning gets it. He's a big boy. He can take all the heat coming his way. Again, I get it. But what I don't get is some of the bullshit hypocrisy of this criticism. And that's what it is, folks. It's bullshit. You know, you don't have to go back, even though it's painful to go back, to last season. Last season, when the Giants were a putrid, if you recall, 2-9, and nine, and they were going in uh, to, out to Oakland to play the Raiders, Ben McAdoo benched Eli. You remember what the hell went on over that? I mean, the outcry? It, it was like, remember Bobby Thompson's home run? 1951 against the Dodgers? The shot heard around the world? 
Well, these were the screams heard around the world, resonating from East Rutherford, New Jersey. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, you know, quite frankly, I thought that was bullshit, too. Because men, many, you know, a lot of the members of the media who are covering the Giants, you know, they made like they were interested in poor Eli. Because we saw Eli standing at his locker, and it was emotional. I mean, you know, he had watery eyes, and, you know, he was trembling a bit, and he was being benched. Folks. A lot of those people who were screaming on behalf of Eli, they didn't care about Eli. They were screaming on behalf of Eli because they hated Ben McAdoo. And that was their way of giving it to Ben McAdoo. Well, we'll get him this way. Because uh, the the team stinks, they're this and that, he's a lousy coach, he's not one of, you know... He, he's a pain in the ass to us, so we'll get we'll get him. We'll go through Eli. We'll stick up for Eli. That's all that was. That's all it was. At two and nine, I you know you got to remember this because I'm laying it out for you. At two and nine, the Giants wanted to bench a quarterback. Okay, the quarterback who had delivered two Super Bowl champions, Chips. But the team was two and nine. You would think they were benching a quarterback that was nine and two, the way everybody went nuts. But those same people who were criticizing the same exact people many of them who were were criticizing the Giants and and the organization, and it was a laughing stop because they were benching poor Eli Manning, are the same people who now are calling for Eli to be discarded at 1-5. And And forget the 1-5. Let me tell you something. After they lost the second game of the season on the Sunday night loss in Dallas to the Cowboys... They were calling, oh, my God, Dave Gettleman, he effed up. I mean, he drafted the wrong guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, they had to take a quarterback. Which, that's another story right now. I mean, that that guy, what's his name? Number Barkley, Saquon, number 26, kid out of Penn State. Pretty good-looking running back right about now. No, so let's let's put... Let's do this. First of all, Eli is on pace. He's never been sacked more than, um, I think, 39 times in a season. He's on pace now for 53. Okay? Kyle Loletta, who's a nice young man, but let's all be frank. Neither you nor me nor any of us know a, a, a whole lot about the young man who was drafted in the fourth round out of Richmond. Okay? Giants were very happy when they drafted him. Okay, they drafted him in the fourth round. Let's put, let's put 
a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, let's put him right now behind an offensive line that's getting beaten like Swiss cheese much of the time. Let's put him back there and let's have him killed. And if not killed, one thing for sure, let's have his confidence destroyed by taking the beating. You know, when when any of these things happen, you know, in particular with quarterbacks, everybody plays the GM. Everybody plays the GM. I, you know, I'm reading the papers this weekend. I'm going to tell you how to fix the Giants. I'm going to tell you how to fix the Giants. Well, let me tell you, folks, I don't know how, exactly how to fix the Giants. If I knew how to fix the Giants, I'd ask to be the general manager. But I don't. Once again, I have no problem with Eli Manning being criticized. And I can tell you this right now, knowing Eli the way I do, he has no problem with it. And let's be frank about it, as frankly as we can be. Obviously, if things don't change, there will be changes in order. I get it. Eli gets it. Head coach Pat Shermer gets it. GM Dave Gettleman gets it. Owner John Mara, Steve Tisch, they all get it. The entire Giants organization gets it. But let's just stop the hypocrisy. Because, like I said, that's all it is. It's hypocritical bullshit. And the hypocrites know who they are. I'm not absolving... Eli, I'm not absolving anybody. You know, I'm I'm not absolving, you know, like Pat Sherman says, they're all in it. It's on everybody. Gettleman will say, they're all in it. It's on everybody in the organization to get things fixed. But how the hell do you... Cause an uproar, and it was an ugly soap opera last year with, with the benching of Eli for, for the one game. Oh, my God, goodness gracious, they went nuts. What can we do? How can we do this to Eli? And now they're screaming for Eli. You got to get rid of him. He's done. He doesn't have it. I, I I understand this. What have you done for me lately? But you know what? I can accept that more from fans. And I'm not. In, I don't mean to be insulted. But fans live. You know, a lot of fans, they live vicariously through their teams. They smile with them. They cheer with them. They cry with them. That's what fans do. But when when I see people in and if if you fans are like that, then you're not being fair either. You had a guy two and nine, and he was going to be benched. He was benched for for a game, and it was like the end of the world. But at one and five, now you want to discard him like he's a piece of garbage. And then then, then I'm reading, you know, over the weekend. Well, we got They got Giants. Got to figure out a way to do it right. They got to make you know, figure out an exit strategy. Oh, come on. Believe me, it's got to get better. Otherwise, changes are in order. But like I say, let's just stop with the hypocritical bullshit.
I mean, it, it really is. It, it, it's, it's, you know, some of these people just go on and on and on. I'm reading in the Daily News yesterday. Is it yesterday or Saturday? I'm reading, you know, uh, now they were talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. Listen, I'm first one to say Odell Beckham hasn't done himself any favors. You know, that interview with um, Josina Anderson was ridiculous. You know, uh, Odell started the season. He had closed the door on all the nonsense from last season. Everybody was pumped up, effervescent, if <laughs> if you will. Everybody was excited. Everything was going well. Now, obviously, when, when the team's losing, you know, everybody, then the drama gets heightened. But he opened up the door to all the drama again when he did that interview. Which, by the way, ever since that interview was done, Josina Anderson has not been seen at the Giants. When that interview was done, where was she last weekend? She was in Pittsburgh instead of being at the Giants in Carolina. And don't tell me that was her assignment, okay? And then coming back, has not been at the Giants yet. Haven't seen her. Wasn't there uh, last Thursday night? Wasn't there Friday? The, the the day after the massacre, okay. And then I'm you know like I'm reading it's like some people don't want to you, you know give yourselves. I, I mean, you, you, they can't be wrong. They have to defend everything that they ever said. Like I I'm I still read. They're saying, yeah, you know, maybe the Giants, uh, maybe the Giants are regretting or something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing now, should have pulled the trigger last year when they were talking to the Rams about trading Odell Beckham Jr. Really? They would talk? This is exactly how it happened last year. The Rams called up. to test the waters. Giants made a remark, something like, okay, what kind of deal you offer me? I'm looking across at my right arm here, Crash. It's like you, uh, me, me saying to you, what do you got? Okay, so make me a deal. That's not a negotiation, folks. That's not talking about a deal. Again, bullshit. Okay. I mean, really? Give me a break with this nonsense. Because that's, that's what it has become. You talk about a 1-5 football team that was 3-13 and 13 last year. I get the criticism. It's, it's certainly justified. It's certainly justified. But, the, you know, the, it's, it's like... It's almost like, yeah, it's sexy to like, yeah, let the narrative be, let's get rid of the quarterback, the 15-year veteran. It's done. His time's up. He's washed up. He can't do it anymore. 
I mean, really? I'll tell you, folks, as sure as I'm sitting here talking, the Giants are going into Atlanta next Monday night. Should the Giants be successful and should Eli have a good game? I'm saying should. If it should happen, I could see the headlines the next day. Stay of execution. At least for another week, Eli is the man. M-A-N-N. Back page. Sounds good. Look, I've covered the guy. I covered the Giants. Okay? I, I, I speak to the fans every Monday and Tuesday. Actually, I never mentioned that to you people. I speak to the fans every Monday and Tuesday on uh, my call-in show on Big Blue Kickoff on Giants.com. It's it's Big Blue Kickoff, Mon- uh, excuse me, Tuesdays and Wednesdays between one thirty and 2.30. And, you know, I, I listen to the fans. I get the frustration. I get the criticism. I understand it. But let's just be real about it. I mean, that's, that's something in sports that I, I find it, it terribly hypocritical. And that's why I'm calling it this time hypocritical bullshit. You can't have it both ways, folks. You want to criticize somebody? Be fair about it. But a year ago, when they were 2-9 and nine and you wanted to bench Eli Manning, oh boy. I mean, it was the end of the world. And, and believe me, it's not just one and five. At 0 and 2, when they lost the second game of the season to the Dallas Cowboys, that was it. Oh, terrible. We shouldn't have, they should, Giants shouldn't have drafted this guy. They shouldn't have drafted Saquon Barkley. They needed to get a quarterback. And then Eli went down to Houston and they beat the um, Texans. And Eli was like 25 for 29 for 297 yards and two touchdowns. And, okay, it stopped. You know, and then they got plastered by the Saints and, you know, again, uh, by the Eagles. Is Eli part of it? Yeah. Let, let, let me give you an example. Um, yesterday, I'm saying yesterday, you know, because I'm taping this on a Monday. Yesterday, I believe... Ben Roethlisberger in the in the um, Steelers win. He threw 45, 44 times. He wasn't sacked once. And and don't give me this business that oh, you know. But if Eli could maneuver better, I was sitting at that game in a press box, right next to a guy who knows more about football than I do, Jeff Fegels who punted in this league for 22 years. His last years, of course, with the Giants. I mean, I, I'd say, Jeff, watch this. Eli would take the snap. I would go one Mississippi, two Miss. I couldn't get the Mississippi out. He was already on his ass. I think he was sacked. Well, he was sacked four times, and I think he had 19. There were 19, I believe, 19 to 17 quarterback hits. 
Now, Eli's not going to throw his offensive lineman under the bus because that's not Eli's style. Eli's not a guy who covers his own ass. That's why he's Eli. But let me tell you what. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or Vince Lombardi uh, or George Hallis or Tom Landry to know Eli's getting knocked on his ass because of the offensive line. But automatically, he's done. I mean, really, automatically, he's done. I, I just, you know, this is not the Giants Chamber of, of Commerce here, and it's not the Eli Manning fan club. It's just, let's be realistic about it, folks. You know, now I'm hearing this stuff. Well, you know, Eli's never been an elite quarterback. He's been a good quarterback. You know what? I'm not going to split hairs. Have there been better quarterbacks? Yeah. Is Eli better than a lot of quarterbacks? Has he been? Yeah. All I know is this. From the time Eli came into the league, his first season was 2004. Um, Let's see. Since that time, the New England Patriots have won three Super Bowls. That would be um, led by one Tom Brady. The Pittsburgh Steelers have won two with Ben Roethlisberger. And the Giants have won two with Eli Manning. Now... Eli's brother Peyton has won two, but he didn't do it with the same team. One was with the Colts. One was with the Broncos. That was a swan song. You ask any general manager, you ask any executive, when they're looking at a quarterback, the one question that we want to know, can he take us to a Super Bowl? Not can he do this, not can he do that, not can he scratch his butt, how high can he jump, how can he pick his nose, blah, 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 blah. Can he take us to the Super Bowl? All right? So if Eli's not elite, if he's very good, whatever you want to say, he answered the question, not once, but twice. And he did it in grand style, let let me remind you. He beat the GOAT, the greatest of all time, twice. And the first time he did it, if you recall, that was an undefeated team. So like I say, criticism comes with the territory. Eli knows it. He's never complained about it. Let's just stop the hypocritical bullshit. All right. Let's, uh, let me just uh, take care of a little business here, sports fans. I want you to listen up. As you know, because we've been talking about it, the football season is here, and it is time to get it on and get on the action with MyBookie.net. MyBookie.net is the industry-leading sports action website offering real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all of your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, 
You can even bet the over and under on how many fantasy points a player is going to score. MyBookie.net lets you play online and win big. So use promo code LOAD100 when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus. That's right, folks, 100%. Did the game already kick off? Forget about it. No reason to worry. MyBookie.net has in-game live action on every major league event, even eSports. There is no better time, folks, to join MyBookie.net than right now, today. So go to MyBookie.net to open an account and start winning. Use promo code LOAD100 when you register for your account and get that 100% sign-up bonus. Get in on the action. Visit MyBookie.net's website today using promo code LOAD100 to get that 100% sign-up bonus. MyBookie.net, promo code LOAD100 for a 100% bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right. Got that business taken care of. Let's now move on to uh, some other business. And uh, let's talk about the unhappy ending of uh, your New York Yankees. I happen to be there Tuesday, uh, you know, last Tuesday when they got finished off. And uh, let me tell you, it was painful to watch. But, folks, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I have been a broken record about this. I said it way back at the very beginning of the season when we started here. Yankees are a modern-day murderer's row. I, I mean, when I was sitting in the stands looking at that lineup, top to bottom, everybody could crank it out. I mean, top to bottom. No, no doubts. None. I mean, Brett Gardner was batting ninth. You know, it's not certainly not what you talk about a home run hitter, but he can crank it out. You know, he had his 12 home runs this year. But it's it's a very fearsome lineup. That said, we said, I'm looking at Crash. Did we not say it? In particular, in the postseason. In particular, when it comes to the postseason. It is pitching. In particular, starting pitching that's going to win it for you, along with you got to be able to scratch runs. You got to be able to play some small ball. Okay? You have to be able to do that. And the teams playing right now in the uh, American League Championship Series. They play, they can play small ball. Red Sox certainly have guys who can thump it, but they have guys who can play small ball. You have to be able to do that. What did the Yankees do in five in four um, division uh, series games? Their starting pitcher went in game one two innings. Their starting pitcher in game three, 
went five innings. What did I say? Starting game one, game two, game three, went three innings. And game four, three innings. Uh, was I in the Bronx last this past week, or was I in Williamsport? Was it Little League? I can't recall, Crash. I mean, really? And, and and listen, don't get me wrong. It's not just the Yankees. It's the way baseball has gone. I mean, I'm listening to last night's um, game two um, between the Red Sox and um, the Astros. And they're like praising. They're praising David Price for going four and two-thirds innings. They're praising a guy who's on a $200 million contract for going, what has Major League Baseball become? I mean, it's a joke. Take the analytics and stick them up your ass. And this, this, this business that guys can't go, it's nonsense. I'll go back to when, what was it, 2009 when uh, City Field was open? So it was the first game at City Field, the opening day, and I'm sitting in a press box, and who plops down and sits right next to me? And I recognize him right away. Former great pitching coach, an original Met, by the way, Roger Craig. I mean, Roger is revered as as as, as terms of Craig is revered, you know, as being an outstanding pitching coach. I introduced myself. He couldn't have been nicer. I spent like seven and a half innings sitting next to him. And I asked him about today's pitches. He just rolled his eyes, and it was like I put a quarter in a jukebox, and he didn't stop. He says, the reason the guys can't go, because they're not taught to go. They're babied. He even said, I don't know what it is. It's because of the investment or what, but they're babied. They don't don't build up arm strength. That's not Russ Salzberg talking about it. That's Roger Craig. And then I I had a chance to ask, um, because of, I I was fortunate enough to have a very close relationship with, Yogi Berra, and one of Yogi's guys also was uh, Ron Guidry. Uh, uh, I asked Guidry about it. One day when we're sitting with, with, with Yogi at, at his assisted living place, and I said, Ron, you know, what's the deal with the, with the arms? And you know what his answer to me was? He said, they're babied. They don't need to be babying these young guys. He says, you know who they should be babying the arms of? Guys who are in the league eight, nine, ten years. You know, maybe there's some wear and tear on those guys to see where where they're at. But having said that, if the Yankees want to fix themselves, they need arms. They need an ace a money guy that you can flat out count on. And they don't have that. 
I mean, quite frankly, I've, I've thought, and I still believe he can be the guy, but he's not there yet as, as Luis Severino. And he was gangbusters the first half of the season, but I think he, I don't know if he got tired, lost confidence. I think maybe he thought he was just going to roll through. I mean, I thought he was going to win 25, 26 games and win the Cy Young. I mean, he won 19 games, but believe me, the, the back half of the season was nothing, you know. I mean, yes, I mean, think about it. We were, we were, we were clapping and heaping praise in the wild card game because he went four innings. He's a young man. He went four innings. And believe me, it wasn't that was just the game plan because four innings and then, um, boy, two hits and he was out. You knew he was done. They got to go. Listen, and I'm not putting a knock on uh, Giancarlo Stead. Or 38 bombs, 100 RBIs. You, you don't want to take that from a lot of players. fact that he strikes out a lot, well, power hit a strikeout. Okay, so that comes with the territory, too. But the Yankees didn't need. And listen, folks, we're talking about a team that won 100 games. I understand that. 100 games. So there was a lot more good than bad. But the postseason is a different beast. They didn't need Stanton's bat. They needed starting pitching. And don't tell me yet. And, and listen, I, I was thrilled when they got Hap, and, and, and Hap certainly pitched well for the Yankees. They needed somebody from the get-go. They didn't need the bat, the big bat again. They needed a big arm again. Now the Yankees have another situation on their hands with um, Didi G- Gregorius having Tommy John surgery. You know, Gleyber Torres had the Tommy John surgery also, but he had it on his left elbow, not his throwing elbow. Didi is having it on his right elbow, his throwing elbow. I mean, Didi's not going to be there for opening day. And, you know, that kind of, you know, now... It's the guessing and the speculation and the head-scratching. Are they going to go for Manny Machado? Are they going to go for Manny Machado? And, you know, yeah, let him play shortstop, and then when Didi comes back, he can, uh, Manny can go to third base. Uh, are they going to do that? I don't know. And it, while it, it sure sounds sexy... Unless they get the arms, they can hit all they want. Unless they get the arms, it's not going to work in the postseason. I'm telling you, it is not going to work in the postseason unless they fix themselves with arms. And you got to be able, I, I, you got to be able to play some small ball. I'll give you an example of small ball. You know, I, I, I full disclosure. I did not stay. I left after the eighth inning of the um, clincher at at Yankee Stadium when uh, Red Sox took care of business. All right? But I'm listening in the car. And, you know, God love, and I I love John Sterling, but John Sterling's talking about this gallant comeback of the Yankees. Gallant comeback. It was a... Walk, a hit through the infield, a walk, and a hit batter. 
This is not what you call a gallant comeback. But everybody got aroused when um, Sanchez hit the ball to the warning track. But the truth of the matter is you didn't need the ball to go to the warning track. You didn't need a bomb. You needed a base hit to get in the tying run. And listen, unlike many people, I am a Sanchez fan to this day, and I still believe that, and I I adore um, Aaron Judge. But I think I think Sanchez is the best hitter on the team. Maybe he certainly didn't show it all this year. And then he got hurt and went down. Very disappointed again for the Yankees. Then I'm then I'm hearing Aaron Boone say it at the last Friday's press conference. Well, if I could regret or change something, yeah, maybe I left um, maybe I left uh, Sevy in too long. You know, maybe I I I left him in too long. I should have taken him out in that game three, taken him out after uh, after three innings. Can you just imagine? Can you just imagine how everybody would have roasted and toasted, eaten him up and crapped him out, how they would have done that to Joe Girardi? Think about that. Now, now listen, I'm, I'm not calling for Boone's head or anything like that. But like I said, folks, I've been consistent, whether you agree with me or not. I know not everybody was a Girardi fan, but as I said, when the Yankees discarded him last year, I don't have a problem with that. You want to say after 10 years, hey, it's time for a change. We just feel we need to go in a different direction. That's fine. But when you put that crap out there, that, eh, you know, communication, lack communication skills with young players. Well, Joe's communication skills with young players got them within one game in a World Series. Okay? One game in a World Series. I rest my case. Okay. So now let's move on to some hardwood business. Not going to talk long about it because the season hasn't already started. But, um, folks, if you want to believe that the Knicks are going in the right direction. That's the way to believe. If you want to give Coach Fisdale a chance, that's the way to believe. But if you're going to give him a chance, and if the front office wants to give him a chance, then you got to believe in the rebuild and let him rebuild. Knicks open up this season Wednesday, right in this building at Madison Square Garden, down below. You you know, listen, you're not seeing Christoph's Porzingis. Don't be uh, smoking whatever you're smoking and think that they're going to the playoffs this year because it ain't happening. Ain't happening. But you got to give them a chance. Let's see what can happen. Now, I will tell you this. 
the team that I think has an outside shot of getting to the playoffs might very well be the Brooklyn Nets. Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, Kenny, Kenny Anderson, Kenny Atkinson, uh, now in his um, third season, he's done, I think him and, and the GM who hired him, Sean Marks, have done a good job. Remember, they started in a, as you know, we had, I had Chris Carino, uh, you know, the fine play-by-play radio voice of the Nets on last week. And they started, you want to talk in a black hole. That was not just a hole, that was a sinkhole. So, they, they've put together a nice little group. I'm not saying, you know, that they lack. I think they also lack a, a, a strong big man. But I, I think that they, um, I think uh, maybe if the cards fall right and they're not, you know, then you got the injury factor. If the cards fall right and no no catastrophic injuries, uh, they maybe the, the Nets could grab that number eight seed, possibly. I don't know, but it'd be fun to see if it can happen. If it can happen, you know, I I think because I happen to think, see, the Nets are allowed to rebuild more than the Knicks. Because, you know, I've always said this in this town. The Knicks dictate the excitement. And in hockey, the Rangers do. I've, I've always said that. Listen. You know, Devils won three Stanley Cups over X amount of years. The Islanders won, remember, four in a row and went to a fifth. If if a Ranger team had done that, they would call that Ranger team the greatest hockey team of all time. I just I'm I'm just a believer in, you know, I, I call it squatters rights. The Knicks were here first, the Rangers were here first, so the, the other teams in the respective sports follow. So the Nets, see the Nets are allowed to rebuild easier because people are more interested, whether it's fair or not. In the Knicks. And the Rangers are still the Rangers. Whether they're winning or not, they're still the Rangers. But I think the Nets, getting back to, to my point, I just think the Nets, Atkinson and Marks have done a nice job assembling. Um, and I believe that, you know, the, what they go from under, under Atkinson, the Nets went, from 20 wins his first year to 28 last year. I think you're going to see an improvement this year, and uh, we shall see. We shall see. But let the games begin again Wednesday night, which means if you're listening to it when you get this, because this gets posted on Wednesday, that means I guess you're going to say the Knicks are at home tonight against Atlanta, and the Nets are in uh, Motown facing the Detroit Pistons. But right now, that is a wrap on today. So I want to thank you all for getting a load of this. And now I'd like to get a load of you. Tell me what you think. Give me your opinions. You can reach me at Twitter, at Russ Salzberg. Get get a hold of me on Facebook. You also should check out my website. Easy enough. It's russsalzberg.com. You know, I I also, again, got to remind you, I mentioned it before. 
Check me out on Big Blue Kickoff on Giants.com. Monday, excuse me, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 1.30 to 2.30. That's Big Blue Kickoff on Giants.com, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 1.30 to 2.30. And you can also see me on my uh, Giants pregame shows whenever the games are on um, Fox 5. Usually they're on... um, Usually they're on Channel 5 at noontime on Saturday before the game and at 5.30 on my 9. All right. My thanks to my man across the board, Crash, also known as Mike Caragliano. My thanks to Tim Einickel, who does a great job putting this together for the OG Podcast Network. My thanks to 77 WABC. Program Director Craig Schwab, to his trusty assistant, Program Director Matt Dahl, and last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to you guys, you the fans out there, because without you guys, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.